Hi, I'm Danny Penna, and you're listening to Motivation and Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7 with host Eric Fiorello. Get strong. The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor as a substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. Hi, this is Eric Fiorello, and I want to welcome you to Motivation and Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. Today, believe it or not, is the 27th of March, 2020. This month has just ripped by. Let me tell you, it's beautiful here in Albany today. I can't believe it. Two days in a row. Bright blue skies. I think we're up around 60 degrees I trained yesterday. It was beautiful out there in the afternoon. After I got done, I sat on my bench, I bet for a good 45 minutes, and let my brain clear and just soak that sun in. It felt so good. Rest of the weekend supposed to be good. We've got the great Charlie Oliphant coming in here momentarily after I get through all this stuff. I was telling Charlie, uh, Dennis, who came here at 294 pounds, and I'm not going to say it was even a weight loss program because that's all everybody says. This was a mind program. And if you've been listening to any of my solo shows especially, I've been really, really teeing off on the mind, uh, especially what's going on here in the United States with this virus and how people are just lost, lost, can't make decisions, don't know what to do. It's gloom and doom. I understand it's serious. But I also understand that you have to live life, too. I was telling Charlie, when I was coming out of the supermarket today, I said good morning to this older woman. And she stopped and said good morning to me. And uh, she said, thank God it's not snowing because they'd really be going crazy. And I looked at her and said, you're World War II, aren't you? And she goes, yes. I think she said she was 83 years old. You want to talk about a breath of fresh air? I was so happy after I got done speaking with her. I was I was smiling from ear to ear. I'm telling you, man, this lady, there is nothing hanging on her. And she said to me as I was leaving, she said, "You say you stay you stay strong." And I said, "And you too." I said, "What a pleasure you are." I'm telling you, man. You see, you know, I told Charlie I always try to speak to everybody I can. You talk about a breath of fresh air in a time that, to me, I've never seen such defeatism in people. They're frightened, and I understand because all you hear, especially here in New York where I am, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that they would keep throwing this out there. And every time, instead of saying, look, we're going to face this, we're going to get through it, but in the meantime, let's live. And I know they don't want you six feet near anybody and ten feet here, and we got this going out of business and potentially all this. This is no good. We're the, you know, Charlie's out in the UK. We've got some very smart people in the world, and I'm sure the president is utilizing them right now. But think about this, folks. I'm talking United States. I don't know what the UK does. 
Charlie can probably tell us for sure, is this. Trump, long before he became President Trump, and many others, Pat Buchanan, all these people that they called every rotten name in the world to, warned about outsourcing the United States of America. Well, this virus begins in China, and there's two places I know of, and China is the main one that makes all of our, you know, anything to do with the common cold, you name it, our drugs. Well, if they make it, uh, what are we going to do if we can't get it from them? And Ireland's another base where we get stuff. I already know he's already said we're bringing the industry back here. This is the stuff that can get a country killed, literally. And I think it's very dangerous. But we're not going to get into any more of that. I'm just glad that people are getting better. And I'm hoping with this show and the number of solo shows I've done, um, I've gotten great feedback from people that are so happy with the positivity here. Well, that's I'm not doing that, you know, as as uh, for the hell of it. This is the way I act. This is the way you do things. And I'm telling you right now, everything you do is a reaction. And how you react to a situation is going to make you or break you. All right? And we can get into that, but maybe later on. We'll see. we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Um, before we get going into everything, I'm going to read an excerpt because I've been doing this on all the solo shows. And I, I'm going to do it until you memorize it if you don't buy the book. And I would tell you to buy Think and Grow Rich. And it's a chapter on persistence. And I'm not going to read what I've been reading on the shows. I have read this paragraph, though. And this really sums a lot of it up. And it goes like this. You recognize and sweep aside certain weaknesses which stand between you and your goals. Your persistence develops into a respected, proved, progressive power. And that's what we are here, power. So take a deep breath through your nose, out through your mouth, and repeat after me. I am a winner. I am a champion. I am unstoppable. I, I mean, those phrases there can change your life totally. You know, 21 to 30 days, same, morning and night before you go to bed. But what about I am healthy, I am wealthy, I am wise? I'm telling you right now, this stuff works like you would not believe. And I'm doing more and more of this. We've got more and more people coming in that specialize in this field. I think this is the stuff that will make you anything you want in life. You want to be a great lifter. You want to be an entrepreneur. And I would tell you right now, in today's world, the way things are going, entrepreneurship is the way to go. And before you say to me, well, everyone's going broke, let me tell you something. Many entrepreneurs have gone broke one, two, three times and came back to be multimillionaires. It's your belief system. It's what you're telling yourself. You are basically setting up your own lifestyle by how you speak to yourself. And you can change it just as easily as you can poison it. Think about it, seriously. Also, too, go out to uh, Fiorello Barbell Co., Winners and Champions. That is my premier product. I would love for you to download that. You've got more than enough material there to last you a lifetime if you want. And with the stuff we're doing here, I could put probably another 5 to 10 on that whole list. Um, there's just mega things going on. 
and I love what I'm doing, and I do what I love, and that's the way it is. But go out there. Also, too, Prosperity Conscious page on Fiorello Barbell Co. Uh, a couple people have sent me notes. Oh, I don't know. You shouldn't be asking for money. Well, really? Do you, do you know how many people um, have benefited off these shows? I mean, I've got to operate, too. I mean, I don't like being outside working to support this. This is my baby here, both of them, all right? And if you don't like that, go find another show. Because I'll tell you right now, the way things are looking, this is going to go subscription by the end of the year, maybe. I don't know. Um, we used to get more donation, well, investments in it. Um, we're looking to get people in here to start advertising. I am doing everything I can with the new websites, the way we're going, e-commerce, so many things here. And that's about the extent of what I'm going to say. But you know something? Uh, 25 50 or $100 over a year's time, that's not a lot of money with the stuff that's coming out of this camp. Believe me. There's nobody like us. I know you can say, well, this one, this one, they're bigger names. I don't care. We're going national, man. Whether you believe me or not, I guarantee you. And that will still not be enough for me. We'll have to go international at that point with everything. And that still won't be big enough for me. You know why? Because I'm a climber. Climbers never rest. Never. Never. Even when I have an idle day somewhat, what am I thinking about? I end up going up and working. Why? Because I love it. Just like lifting. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. If you've got something like that in your life, you ought to go right after it today and start doing it when you hear this show. Also, too, go out to MotivationMuscle.com, slash category, slash podcast. Go out and listen to all the shows Charlie and I have done. In fact, if you like the sons and uh, fathers and sons, we did one with he and Lawrence and myself. It was a great show. Um this is where the benefits are all coming from. This is where all the lacing up came from with Dr. Wong, John, and myself. But it all stemmed from strongman next generation through Dr. Wong. And so his concerns, like, and we were talking about, like, Lawrence's age, Danny's age. You know, we're talking nine, ten-year-olds now, right up to about 25 years old. Where are these kids? Who the hell is coaching them? Because I've seen some of these programs they run. These guys don't know jack shit. These kids are going to get damaged permanently, man. And you know what? I don't think that's a great way to play football, damaged. All right? And the thing is, everybody figures, well, they're young. I can get away with it. Young bodies break, too. And if you push too damn hard, you will break them. And if you don't break them physically, I was saying to Charlie before we came on, why all of the rewiring and all these different things I'm doing to my mind, the way I'm thinking, the way I'm turning things over, the way I'm creating, this is what we got to do for the younger kids at any age, any age. Because as we've seen with this big epidemic out there, obviously – People are too involved in the outside world, and I'll say it and say it and say it. Everything comes from the inside out. So what you're thinking internally, subconscious mind, and we haven't even gotten to the superconscious where I'm starting to get into now, is it a reflection in your outside world. So one of the best things I would say right now to do, turn your, t- turn your um, iPhone or whatever you got off once a week. Start like that. Then go to two times a week. You can still go in and get your messages, but turn it right back off. That's what I would tell you to do right now. Withdraw. 
Get very quiet. Stop talking about this stuff because the more you talk about it, the more it's coming your way. Remember Earl Nightingale? What you think about most is coming to you whether you want it or not. Believe me, you ought to go out and listen to him. He was the pioneer that started it all, Earl Nightingale. Also, too, sign up for our free newsletter on motivationandmuscle.com. You know how we are with content, you know, show-wise. We're right about 1,300. We'll be up six years, the end of September. I couldn't be prouder of myself, but there's so much more to do. So many more people interviewed, so many more of the family to bring in here over and over again because they're so damn good, and I appreciate every one of them. Also, too, another way to come in here and get money into these corporations is through advertising. You go out to MotivationMuscle.com. The rates are very reasonable, and if you know me and my reputation, I'll make you money, and at the same turn, you'll help me out, too. As I figure someone's going to hear one of these solo shows or the show we're doing with Charlie tonight, and it's going to help them, and they're going to have money, and they're going to come after me. I've been thinking about this and dreaming about this and visualizing this for the last week. And the more you think about it and the more you visualize it, you put it right into form within you. It has to happen. So this is what this stuff does to you. Another way to take a peek at us, though I have not updated in a while, but we're going to do some stuff with Dennis, and when John gets up here, Obviously, we're going to film a lot of power rack training. I'm probably going to start filming it myself. Um, but we're, I'm only going to go so far because we want to make this into a product, too. Um, the thing is, I've given a lot away, and I don't mind doing that. But as everyone keeps telling me who comes in here and looks at M&M and FBC, giving away for free, people feel that they should never have to pay for anything, and that's not how life works. You don't go anywhere for free. All right? You might get a break. But nobody's giving you anything for free. So we're the same way. We're two businesses. I'm one guy running two. I could hire at least one or two people right now. That's how buried I am right now. But I'm not complaining because I'll tell you what, I don't want to be under anybody's thumb, period. Now, on that note, we're going to bring the great Charlie Oliphant in here. But before I do, I'm going to give you a little information on this gentleman. Number one. Charlie is Scotland's representative for the International Highland Games Federation Stones of Strength. He's a stone lifter, a farmer, and Highland Games competitor. Um, and Charlie, if you're familiar with the Ard Blair Stones, that's his baby. Uh, we've talked before on the show. He and I have kind of started out the same time, so we have an awful lot in common. Obviously, he's got another business, the family business with the farm, but He's a businessman like he and I, and we talk business a lot, and we've got a lot of the same stuff going on. But I'm sure Charlie will tell you the same thing. There's nothing like this, man. It can, I know, like I know with me, it can be a killer headache at times. But the whole thing is, you, you, you take the adversity, and you like the adversity, you fight the adversity, and you come up with a plan, and you beat it. Most people will not do that. Okay? You know how many names I've been called by people? Usually it's always, you're crazy. Really? I'm crazy? That's why I don't bother with you anymore, because I don't want to hear your shit. So, on that note, Charlie, welcome back, brother. You know, it's always an honor, and I love having you on. Welcome, my friend. 
Yeah, well, thanks for having me back, Eric. It's always a, a pleasure to be on the show. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's obviously, it's been a while, so we've got a, a bit of catching up to do, which, uh, I'm looking forward to. Yeah, and, and give everybody, uh, you know, how they can find you. Obviously, our Blair Stones, anything else that's in the repertoire. And then, I know that, you know, you've had to, ha- you're gonna have to cancel some shows, and we're gonna talk about that a little bit, but what Charlie and I are gonna really get into, and if you listen to the older shows with Charlie, probably in the last six months especially, you've, you've heard bits and pieces about Ard Blair and, and the history of it, and how to get there, and have to have success, but, uh, as I was telling Charlie a few days back, through notes, if you go out to our Etched in Stone page, which is exploding on both that and the kids, we've had quite a bit of back and forth with people that are interested to go and lift the Ard Blair stones. And we're getting, you know, questions like, okay, I want to lift the biggest one, but how do I do this or what do I got to do? And Charlie and I are going to clear this whole thing up today once and for all. So, Charlie, update everybody, give out any info where to find you, and we'll get started on today's show, brother. Okay, well, on uh, social media, um, there's, a, there's a website, which is www.ardblairstones.com. Uh, there's uh, an Instagram page, Facebook page. We're on Twitter. Um, i trying to think what else. Um, basically, if you put the Ardblair Stones into Google, I mean, you shouldn't come across all these things. There's links to the various uh, different things on the Facebook page, uh, on the website. So mm-hmm. it's fairly self-explanatory. There's photo galleries and there's a YouTube channel and stuff like that. Uh, and they're all accessible through the website. So I would recommend the website in the first instance. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it, there's, I, I do get a lot of requests. Uh, a lot of people asking me about the, the protocol and, and how to go about lifting the stones and what do you do and everything. But before I just quickly get into that, I should say that obviously we're living in strange times at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately it has, it's affected pretty much everybody in some capacity or other and, uh, we're no exception. So certainly the first five events scheduled for this year have been cancelled. Um, and uh, that sort of so it's really until we get into July that hopefully things there's going to be some normality I don't know what's going to happen but certainly everything up till June is is off which is five events wow um, which which I is I have put that in the website as well but there's there's supposed to be 13 events this year so it's going to be a really busy year for us but mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. who knows what's who knows what's going to happen um, but. Yeah, and the, and the other thing you were saying about the sort of protocol and how it works is that yeah. assuming an event, <laughs> assuming an event hasn't been cancelled, then you would obviously turn up, and there's no need to pre-book. You know, you don't have to. It's not an invitation thing. If you're there and you, you join a queue, and it's just a question of signing a disclaimer, and it's it's a free event. And it's just a question of just sort of just getting on with it and starting from the lightest one, yep. working all the way up to the heaviest one. The lightest one being around 18 kilograms, which I think is about 40 pounds. Yep. All the way up to 152 kilograms, which is 35 pounds. And there's nine stones in total. And obviously, try and get as far as you can down there. Uh, so obviously, it's a time, it's a timed event and, uh, it's done on the best time, obviously, and, uh, and the number of stones you've successfully loaded. Um, and, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, no, what I want to ask you too, obviously, let's kind of scatter through. Um, we've done it on some other shows, but let's talk about Ard Blair, the idea, 
and how you put it into fruition. And as we, as you answer those, Charlie, I'm just going to ask you some short questions so we give everybody a little bit of a breakdown of what this is and how it all evolved and where we are right now. And then we'll get into, okay, what specificity do you believe works best protocol as far as lifting these stones besides actually practicing with the Atlas style stone, get yourself some type of barrel that is considerably the same height and get busy with it. So why don't you give us a little bit right now, where did the Art Blair name, well, we know, what get even the name, where did this all evolve from, Charlie? Well, as you, you alluded to earlier, uh, my main thing is farming, my main business is farming, and uh, the farm is called Ard Blair Farm, and I live in a place called Ard Blair Castle. So the, na- the, so the name Ard Blair is sort of endemic. It's 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 uh, a thing I'm having to always write. <laughs> uh, uh, and the, the Blairgarin Rattery Highland Games, which is my my hometown, uh, hometown uh, the Highland Games are held on on the Ard Blair Estate as well. Yep. And that is where the Ard Blair Stones kind of made their the debut. Uh, which was comparatively recently, actually. It was, two, it was supposed to be 2012, but it rained off. It was just every loads of events were cancelled that yep, year yep. across Scotland. So it ended up being 2013. And uh, that's kind of where they made their debut. And just calling them the Ardblair Stones, whether it's a relation to Ardblair Castle, as I say, where I live, or Ardblair Farm, or yeah. the state which the games are held, it just, it just seemed appropriate. It just seemed to be a... And I had to call them something. Yeah. Because um, people needed to... to Rather than calling them Atlas Stones or anything like that, right. I wanted to be specific about what they were, so that if they were, uh, yeah, people would be recognised them, they'd be inst- instantly recognisable for what they are and what the weights were involved and the number of them and 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 this sort of the process of lifting them. Well, you know, and and the, and the great name about Ard Blair, obviously, it's carrying your middle there, Charlie Charles Blair Oliphant, yeah. for anyone who doesn't know. Um, you know, that is a brand right there, and branding is very important, and I like the distinction you made, because, well, what if I called it Charlie's Atlas? You know, I mean, eh, but this here is a distinct name that you have to know what it corresponds to, so which is great. Now, obviously, we've got some history of it. Um, we know the weights, obviously, because you start in with, like, 40 to 335, Um and we know that, it, like everything, we know you've been at the gathering the last few years, and you know you're more or less doing your own thing, which is a great thing. Um, at this point, you know, I know you get a ton of questions. Okay, how do I lift these stones? What do I do? What's the best movements to do to obviously promote the lifting of these stones? And you and I probably, I probably know a lot of what you're going to say, but let's go over a few things. All right, number one. To lift these stones, unless you know somebody that's got the round atlas style stone, what would you do? I mean, what would you use that, you know, you could practice the lifts with if you could do it? What, what would you say at that point? Well, the two immediate things that spring to mind are probably use of the trap bar mm-hmm. and uh, sandbags. Yep. Yep. The sandbags are great because they're fairly inexpensive, and you can drop them without fear of damaging anything. Exactly. Uh, so I, I would, yeah, I would say the sandbags would be a good option. And uh, if you're fortunate enough to have like a, a yoke or something like that, which yep. is probably unlikely because it's, I guess it's quite specialised. But it's obviously you can set the heights on that, and then yep. uh, 
just you know just lift them over the yeah yeah yoke yep for repetitions yep um, but, but things like biceps as well I mean the thing about lifting stones is I mean the, the, I would say that sandbags and uh, trap bar are the sort of the main core things but you know you're, you're using your whole body so you could certainly spend time doing some accessory exercises to sort of strengthen tendons and things like that because you're, you're lifting a lot of weight and it's essentially a, a compound movement which is it's working practically every everything muscle yeah in your body so um but well, yeah I, I, no you know what else too when you said um like the oak um another good way if you don't have an oak uh, or a yoke. What am I saying? I'm thinking of an oak tree. Um, yoke. Obviously, here's what you want to do too, because I do it here. I have a yoke, but I don't always want to pull the thing out because it's huge and you got to put it back together again unless I keep it outside. Um, if you got a good set of squat stands and an Olympic bar, you can set it any height and start blowing it right over the top of it. I do that with Dennis a lot. Um, it's a good, quick, easy way. You know, obviously, it's like anything. Make sure you've got that thing stable on the ground or, you know, you could end up having a, a big collision when you're messing around with sandbags. Now, Charlie's right with the sandbags. Um, I can't say enough about sandbags. I don't think they get enough of their due. Um, we're in the process now of doing a children's program with sandbags and some older people, too. That's going to be quite a course. Um very interesting stuff. But, you know, you can go out and you can get a duffel bag anywhere. I mean, you if you're near an army place, army, sup, you know, uh, supplement store or whatever they call them. Um, even the, I, I've got a lot of used ones at old, like, army places, you know, and you can order them online, too. A great way to do it. I mean, I do it all here. I take, break the sand down, all different sizes throw it right in that bag now a real easy fix in case you need a few more pounds and make sure they're not there's nothing in there that could hit you is you take regular steel plates and put them in too if you don't have another sandbag made up but make sure you, you slip it down the side because you don't want that on the top because you might be going to the dentist uh, with broken teeth right out of your head. So that's just a precautionary thing. Trap bar, we know that. Charlie and I have gotten into that big time. Mark Haydock and I got into that numerous times when he was on here. Charlie, what do you think? Uh, and Stevie, too. Um, the last show I did with Stevie, um, when he got off the vegan diet and he got back to training, you know, I mean, obviously, he, he's a big trap bar guy. Um, what is it with with these stones? What is it with the trap bar? Because the same thing I want to say right now, because Stevie and I were talking about the straddle lift, and then John McCain and I got talking about it. Um, trap bar, and I think the straddle lift for sure converts to being a stone lifter. Um, I have a, uh, That's why I'm working it so hard. I have a big feeling that's going to help me when I get back to Iceland. But go ahead and take it away. Well, I'd say the advantages of a trap bar over, say, for instance, uh, a conventional deadlift is that your, your hands are more sort of like a neutral position, sort of more or less down by your sides. Okay, they might be, uh, they might be sort of more between your legs, uh, doing the stone, uh, lifting a stone, but, uh, and, and outside, uh, your legs, um, doing a trap bar but nevertheless the arms are in a similar sort of position yeah so they're kind of the palms are facing towards you uh and on each side of you uh, as opposed to in front of you and i think that uh, it just puts you in a more comfortable 
position and prepares you more for uh, for a stone lift. And, and obviously, there's a lot of. I mean, for the actual stones, I mean, you can train yourself up and and, and be really strong using using this equipment. Yeah. But there is there is a lot, there's a lot of technique as well, which you can only really. Uh, imitate on a stone, which exactly. would be an advantage. It's like learning Highland Games, uh, like whether it's the hammer or yep. weight over the bar. There's, it's not just strength. There is there's things that you can do, like little subtle adjustments and things, which if you know are going to make a world of difference, which will will give you an edge, and which possibly your average person might not think of. Think, yeah. Like just just yeah. employ brute strength, and uh, they might be a very a strong, able person, but they they could really struggle because it's just a, a technique issue. Um, so yeah, th- th- things like the, the, the most, the first thing in terms of technique is to sort of stand directly over the stone. Yep. Uh, rather like you again adopting a, a trap bar exercise. Um, so the stone is directly below you, so it's mm-hmm. not in front of you. It's it's kind of the center of gravity is is as close to you as possible. Yeah, definitely. And then, then another key thing would be to um, find this this sort of the center point. That's not always easy on a stone, especially if it's sort of like a smooth spherical thing. Yep. Um, the the Ard Blairs have got they've got Ard Blair indented uh, engraved, if you like. Well, actually, the proper terminology is debossed on top of the stone. I like and, that. Uh, yeah. That yeah. that gives a good indication of where the actual center, center is. Yeah. Yeah. So so if you see that written on the stone, then again, if you, as long as your arms are directly opposite each side of that writing and straight down. Then you know you're on the center point, and obviously the advantage of being having it in the center uh, is that when you, when it breaks the ground, it's not going to roll away from you or roll towards you. And as long as you're squeezing it hard enough, that then you're giving yourself every advantage because you can squeeze as hard as you like if your arms aren't in the center, but the thing's still going to roll with you. Roll, yeah. So again, that's such a crucial thing to get right. And obviously, you know, making sure your, your fingers are as low as possible, you know, and. Uh, um, you know, really blow under the stone and and sort of gripping for all it's worth, like you're trying to sort of crush it, really. Like yeah, yeah. Think, not just thinking of holding onto it, but like trying to crush this thing as hard as you physically can. Yep. Um, so yeah, so a lot of people would casually go up, probably have the stone in front of them, struggle a bit, roll it around, not be able to get the center point. You know, it's not like you can't use tacky on these stones. It's no. just you use cork, <laughs> so it makes it, yeah. again, it's a huge difference. You yeah. know, it's not yeah. there's there's no there's no real room for error, and um, yeah, there's normally normally on on these sort of stones is a sort of a, a flattish point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, usually because if they've been made, you know, if they're, if they're a man-made thing, and uh, they, they generally rest with the flat bit to the to the bottom because otherwise they just roll around all over the place, especially if you're in like a field or something, you know. Or a, yeah, I mean that would mat. be too. Yeah, that would be they go uh, away. I um, you know, <laughs> I, and fi- you can finish your thought, but I don't want to forget any of this. This is all on my mind. You touched on biceps earlier on. We didn't really get into it, but we were, t- you know, you, you hit upon biceps. Yeah. I want to talk about fingers, wrists, forearms, biceps especially. We know we got to be strong through the whole body. That's one of the points I want to hit with you. The next point is, I know I never, a- I don't even know this. I don't, I never asked you this question. Did you make the Art Blair stones? Did you? Did someone make them for you? I, I think that's real interesting because I've made a lot of, you know, not to the extent of you, but I've made a lot of Atlas stones out of molds. Tell everybody, I'm very interested in that, and then we'll get into, finish your point too, I know I cut you off, but, and then let's get into the fingers, the wrists, the forearms, because we know the grip you got to have to haul that thing up, front squat it, so to speak, stand up and drop it. So take it away, brother. Yeah, well, I did. I did make them. I um, 
uh, from, from molds, uh, and well, I mean, I, I used to make them anyway. I used to sort of train with the stones anyway, and, and okay. again, you know, it all harks back to uh, like the, the stones of strength, you know, like Peter Martin's yep. Jack and everything, yep. you know, and and sort of seeing, you know, reading about some of the historic stones of Scotland, and just being fascinated in it, and and, and just. Like you know, world's strongest man and everything. Usually, the the climactic event was oh, uh, yeah. the Atlas Stones. And yep. They seem to be you know quintessentially. They sort of seem to sum up kind of strong man to me. And um, you know, it's, it's it's a great event. You know, it's you kind of know where you stand with a stone. It's not a fancy made up thing. It, it, I mean, it's it's a basically raw and basic yeah. thing, a heavy thing like that, which is awkward and smooth. And I guess it captured my imagination. You know, you see strong men standing there with them on, your, on their shoulders, and sure. that that sure. will be used as a trophy, that image or something. It's, it's very, you know, even like the metrics, well, yeah. man yeah. having like the big globe in the background, and um, yeah, and it was always the, the final event. Well, generally, is the final event, sort of, yeah. And so it was, it was a climactic thing. So I guess I had this in my psyche anyway. And yeah. I thought, well, I'd like to make some of these anyway. So I had, I had, I made them, and. I, just lifted them onto um, pallets, wooden pallets. Sure. In the, in the back of my house. And then as I as I improved, I'd, I'd stick another pallet on, and uh, then I'd make a, a heavier stone, and I would then I'd try and shoulder it. And then I once I felt I'd done that, I'd make another stone. Nice. So before I knew it, you know, the, the backyard was looking like a scene, <laughs> scene from Alien. You know, <laughs> things jump out of the uh, jump out of the eggs. Yep. And so, <laughs> so these things were there, and then. As I said before, you know the the Blagarian Rattery Highland Games is held on on the estate. Sure. And my father thought it would be quite a good a good thing um, to have it at the Highland Games because it's obviously the, the visual impact is good. Absolutely. And it looks great. Yeah. It's got the wood barrels and and the, the setup is kind of kind of captivating anyway. You know, it, it looks good. And um, so yeah, it, it was. Uh, I did the first event there, and uh, I kind of had a sense of how many stones, and also had to base it on what I could physically fit into trailers and what was practical and what wasn't practical. <laughs> I love what it. Be, yep. What would be a, a decent, you know, what would be reasonable weight to work with and, and I was thinking about all these things and so, so I came up with, with that whole that whole notion and uh, yeah, it, it just proved to be very, very popular. I, uh, I, th- I think, I think, man, you talk about creativity and thinking it out. I mean, kudos to you, brother. Nice work. Let me tell you. It's good to hear. You know, thanks, I mean, thanks, <laughs> I love it, man. I mean, it's, you know, all right, I'll put another pallet up and build another one. I mean, you know, you're not going to get a lot of takers on stuff like that, Charlie. You know what I mean? That's like one of those man making movements that you're on your own, brother. You know, you got you got the you got nature at you for your cheerleader. And that's about it, man. I love it. I think it's great. Um, What was I got? There's something else I wanted to hit you with, too. Um, Ah, crap. Now I forgot it. Ah, it'll come to me. All right, was, so it, it, go ahead. It was well. I don't know. If you were going to talk about Griffin's strength. Or was that well, that's what. Yeah, or? that was it. But there was a follow up to Ard Blair, and I don't remember. But yeah, let's start. Let's talk grip because we know you got to have grip. You're not lifting those things. Obviously, you got to have a very strong back, lower back, hamstrings. But let's talk yeah, about. Well, yeah, yeah, let's talk about though the the holders. I mean. No fingers, you're not doing shit. And if you can't push those big forearms against that stone, that's not coming up either. So take it away, man. Yeah, well, I mean, you know if somebody's trying, you know, you can tell if somebody's putting the effort in because you're going to end up with uh, with, with red forearms. Or oh, yeah. If you're, if you're really trying, I mean, you know, in some instances, 
bloody forearms uh, because it's just the nature of I mean if, if somebody's struggling with a stone they're, they're sort of rolling it around like a marble and yeah. you know, kudos for them for giving it a go you know I mean I, I, certainly I'm not saying anything disparaging about anybody because it's always uh, it's always nice when people do have a shot and you, you, you give them if they would like some you give them some instruction and everything sure. but uh, if, they, if they've sort of come away from it and, and you know the, their arms are kind of almost normal looking then yeah. you know they haven't kind of got it got to grips with the whole crushing thing no. because people don't think people when people are training i think they do think about like the grip on the bar i mean well a lot of times I, people obviously use straps and things for lifting i i myself personally i never really use straps using a deadlift so i right. feel that if, if i'm having to use a strap i mean okay you might get extra workout for your back but the grip is so important and i just i don't know i mean I, I, to me, myself personally, I'd consider like a raw deadlift to be chalks, fair enough, but I wouldn't yeah. really consider straps yeah. or anything. You yep. know, to, yep. to my mind, it's just absolutely basic raw. And uh, but people do, whilst they they do think about like uh, uh, like squeezing and gripping, like a squeezing motion, like a captain's a brush, uh, you know, captain's a crush gripper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rarely do they think about like a. Like uh, like crushing using the whole chest and the whole body and and, and jamming the forearms in like a I don't know like oh, yeah. a dumbbell uh, like you know chest crunches or whatever like you're lying on a, uh, a a weight bench or something like that with dumbbells in each hand and kind of bringing them up to your chest it's it's it's, it's kind of like the absolute crushing motion across your front deltoids across your pectorals uh, and just it's like a bunching up you know yeah it's like yeah a, oh yeah. Yep. Like a most muscular pose, you know, almost yeah. like a, a bodybuilding world. And so it's not just it's not just squeezing your grip. I mean, obviously, you need strong fingers and everything. But, yeah, and, and like it or not, if you're doing it properly and you've made contact with the stone in the right place and it's symmet- you're symmetrical on both sides and you're crushing this thing, you're going to get, you're gonna get up with, with red marks oh, on, yeah. the inside of, on the inside of your forearms. Oh, yeah. Um, so, but that's, that's what I always say to people is, is the two main things that people overlook. Uh, not getting their arms in the middle of the stone and, and it's that crushing motion. And also a lot of people, they, they just assume in that if they get the thing off the ground, I mean, if, if they're strong enough, they can certainly do it in one continuous motion. Sure, sure, but, sure. But a, lot, but a lot of people don't think about breaking it up into stages, like right, um, right. lifting it into the lap or something. And then yep. obviously you know yourself. I mean, you, you can relax to an extent in that position and yep. catch, catch your breath and then readjust your grip if, if need be and everything yeah, and yeah. get up to stages. But I think some people maybe just in their, in their minds, they're thinking that if they lift the thing off, as soon as it's off the ground, that that's it because they're not going to be a chance to rest. It's going to be like a, a fight from beginning to end uh, without, without having that option to catch the breath, which... Um, yeah, it makes a big difference. Well, well, you know, you know, it is too, Charlie. I think doing it that way, if you've been training it, you know, with the front squat style lap job, come up, you know, because maybe you got to turn your arm, you know, your hands, arms over on the on the stone, like you said, readjust, slap it right on the barrel, go to the next one. What I think, when you're trying to do it all in one motion, unless you're some type of freak that can do this, um, you can get very sloppy like that. You know, next thing you know, you're watching a stone go over the edge to the other side and things like that. Um, I, I like, I'm with you. I like more of a controlled, fast, precise, dump it 
on there, go to the next one. Go to the next one. And I also think, too, like you said, it does give you a little bit of a break. You know, you're not expending energy on top of energy because those stones start getting heavy, and let's let's face it, you know, depending on the weather or whatever, uh, you know, you don't know anything could happen on any day or time. So I think doing it that way is a better way. I mean, if I came there, that's how I would do it. It wouldn't be any of the stuff where whether it was light or not, you know, I'd be picking up and just throwing it on the on the oak. There's no way. No, that's not the way to do it. And I agree totally with you about the fingers. Now, you made a great comment about with the chest and everything. I've said it on, I don't know if I've said it on our shows, but I've said it for quite a while. Uh, the Husafell especially, when I train especially here for Iceland with the replicas I've got, um, and they're steel, so, and they are the exact dimensions of the Husafell stone in Iceland, what I found, the heavier that thing got, the harder it was to breathe. Because it's laying on your chest so hard. One way I found to nip that in a big way was close grip benches and also one arm dead stop dumbbell two inch benches that, um, we, as everyone knows, we got six by sixes outside, uh, lagged into my garage wall besides being buried Six, I think it's five or six feet below the frost line and cemented in. You couldn't, you, you could hit this with whatever. It wouldn't even flinch. Um, and I got, and I used those two to train for the Husafell stone, uh, for another reason. Um, one thing I found with that stone, especially I'm sure with the Atlas, because, you know, if they, Charlie talked about it, you know, they can get away from you. Especially if you're not used to lifting something of that girth. Um, because we know that if you're not really dedicated or you don't know and your fingers are not strong where they can grab that thing before you squeeze it. Um, I found this with the Husafell stone. It would try to pull you forward. Now, when something of that magnitude pulls you forward, something can really go wrong. And where I felt it was right in the insertion with the front deltoid with the peck, all right? And I was like, well, I'm not going to wreck this thing. So we built that thing, and that is like a godsend. It thickens that area up. It makes it very strong. So that's another thing. The next thing is, too, let's talk biceps. I've had a tear before, obviously, in 08. Um, a lot of people do. This is very prevalent in training now. For anybody that doesn't know, you know, Charlie's son Lawrence is quite a lifter. Danny isn't at, isn't at his zenith at all, but he's pretty good for a kid that comes over once a month. And if I had him more, it'd be a little different story, but that's neither here nor there. Um, the first thing I showed him that day when he lifted that 60-pound sphere, which he never lifted before in his life, was how to extend his arm straight and grab, obviously, the Atlas Stone. Why? More bicep tears when you have your arm slightly, like, bent. That's a great way to tear a bicep right off the bone. So, Charlie, take it away, brother. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, Eric. I, I should have mentioned that, actually. You're absolutely right about keeping keeping your arms totally straight. Yes. Uh, and I, I tell people to, to treat their arms like uh, like big hooks. Yeah. Um, yeah. the, the, the arms, to an extent, you know, in a sense, sort of dangling there. They are doing something, but they're not really 
doing much. They're just kind of straight, locked. They're obviously crushing for all everything is worth. But yeah, you're you're right. I mean, you're asking for trouble if you if you're kind of. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, people do naturally think that it's a sort of crouch down and to have their arms slightly bent. But then you, you're kind of missing the centre point. You, you, your balance is all off. Yeah. And yeah, obviously yeah. You're, you're opening up your biceps to injury. And um, yeah, it, it's yeah. So that, well, that's that's a good point. No, and uh, you, and you know something else. Not to cut you off, I'll, I'll give it right back to you. Is this? Um, the biceps are a small muscle. I laugh when people say to me, ah, they're worthless. Who cares? I'm like, you ought to care, and there's no guarantee. I mean, I always took care of mine. But obviously, like Charlie said, I wasn't prepared for it. Okay? I had everything done, I thought, and all that. But the weak link, and it usually is, is that bicep. And for whatever reason that day, you know, I can say anything. Everybody's, well, it was cold. We didn't warm up good. Well, you know something? I'm of the feeling now, since all that happened, is you prepare your body for everything. I mean, anything can happen. We know that. But I think that there's things, if I knew back then what I know now, I think it would have been remotely impossible to have torn that arm. But you know what? You learn you come back from it, and you get better. And that's the idea with any injury or anything in your life. To go back and perform. Not quit. Not put your head in the sand and say, woe is me. You know, I've heard people say, oh, the lifting gods, they're not smiling on me. Yeah, what? What? You know what happened, man? You fucking punked out. That's what happened to you. All right? We all have bad days, but you know what? There's more good days than bad days. Go ahead, Charlie. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, not at all. Um, and uh, also, again, talking about biceps as well. Yeah. Obviously, in the latter part, the sort of the final stage of the lift, uh, I do occasionally see people which you, you try and discourage them from doing it. But, um, obviously, it's a free event, and the last thing I want to do is is to get in people's way. Either I don't want to ruin their experience. I mean, yeah. if, if people don't want to know, then that's absolutely fine. Generally speaking, people are quite happy to, to get advice, and uh, but I don't want to be cramping their style either. You know, if they if they they're adamant to do it a particular way, that's entirely up to them. Yeah, that's what that's that's what the disclaimers are for. <laughs> yeah, but you know what, man? Yeah, but you run a good event, man. I mean, you can see it, and you can see the footage of it. People are really enjoying themselves, and it's a very it's a very family oriented outing to me. I mean, yeah, you got the serious ones there too. But like you were saying before, and I've seen film of it, I mean, you put the X on the barrel, the kid's too short, obviously, but they pick it up, and we've talked about this before. you got to smile from ear to ear. Does that mean they're going to ever do it again? Maybe yes, maybe no. But this is what we said with kids. And there's all age groups there. I've seen them all. You'd be amazing. Go ahead, Charlie. Go ahead. ahead. Another thing that you sort of alluded to before was was the name of the Arbless Stones. And I was thinking that... You're talking about kids and, and enjoying it and everything, which they do. You know, they, yeah, they, they all yeah. have a go and everything, and they're, and they're more than welcome to. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I was, I kind of set the thing up or created it as kind of like an intergenerational thing, um, because like when the name like the Blair Stones, it's it's sort of tied to the estate or the area. Sure. Whereas if, if sure. you were joking before, if I'd call it. I know Charlie Stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something. That was Charlie, stuck. You know, it would not only would it be you know. Hokey. Very, very egocentric yeah, and yeah. probably not as impactful. It would also make it tougher for, let's say, Lawrence Jr. wants to take it on. Sure, sure. And uh, it's much easier for it to be, uh, like, have it as a sort of like a generic thing rather than associated with one person. Exactly. Um, um, 
And yeah, you talk about kids and things, and I was thinking, yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to think when when they get older that they'll they'll try it, or perhaps you know if, if the thing is still going, um, if they have kids even. So um, exactly, yeah, man. I, I, I'd like to think, and you know, it's um, <clears throat> something which I hopefully would outlast me. Obviously, you know, my son or a yeah. daughter for that matter. Yeah. You know, yeah. if they were keen on it, they'd, I'd be delighted if they took it on. There's absolutely no obligation for them to, obviously, but um, hopefully, I've, I've kind of made it easy for them well um, not not yeah. only that i mean they've got an edge they've grown up around it that could be a a, a, gr- a great thing for you down the road you know uh, but yeah but so yeah that was just an aside you're talking about kids and things like that yeah that i think it's great nice. man but um yeah again going back to the, <laughs> to the biceps yeah uh, another, another thing is obviously so during the lift you're trying to minimize bicep activity at all really doing the stones because sure. you, you talked about it I mean they're very important but you know very vulnerable unless you've toughened up those tendons and like yep. done endless uh, bicep curls I mean uh, Andrew Kearney he gave me a really good workout which um, it really was fantastic you know it was about a six month course I remember I, had, yep. I remember one of the um, one of the exercises was like uh, 100 bicep curls Ooh. and uh, but, yeah, I'm not talking a lightweight here either Right, right. And, and he said, it doesn't matter how you break them up. I did them in 10 sets of yeah, 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, but you just needed to do them. Yep. And they, yeah, it was tough. But there, but there was obviously, you'd think, is this, is this sensible? Is it this? But it was all to do with toughening up tendons and protecting yourself. Yeah. But, yeah. but then leading to the next stage of the lift again, sorry, biceps, I keep getting distracted. Um there's a temptation for people as well to kind of try and curl the stone up onto the barrel. So oh, the barrel Jesus. are 52 yep. inches in height, yep. uh, which is 132 centimeters, if anybody in, in European countries yep. are listening. And, yeah, that, that not, not only is that put you in a very precarious position, it, it also limits the, the height that you can get with the, with the stone, and it yeah. also means potentially you can trap things like fingers on top oh, of the barrel. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Stuff. Yep. So it's not really got a lot going for it, but there there does seem to be a. It's like it's like people they kind of lose the sense of like Joe and babies. They kind of do everything right. They pick everything up properly. They kind of fall over properly. Yeah. You know, and and yep. as we get older, we kind of lose that uh, yeah. that sort of natural ability to sort of protect our bodies, and you know we, we kind of get out of sync and we lose that. And part of that is is people trying to curl these things. Onto That's the insane, man. That's insane. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, obviously in that instance, like from the laugh or the next stage, as, as you obviously you well know yourself, is uh, it's more of a question of having your arms to the sides or, or even slightly over the top yeah. uh, of the stone, and then so your fingers and arms and everything are well out of the way, and it becomes like a, a hyperextension. So you're utilizing your whole body from your calves if you need to get onto your tiptoes. You know, you it's like it's like a shrug almost. You know. Um, well, not only uh, that, not only that, you made a great point too, and it's like you know the arms are really just hinges, man. I mean, let's face it, you know they're very important. But what did you create those big thighs and that lower back and the traps for to lift those stones, man? You know, um, the arms are vitally important, but as I always say, hinges, hooks, whatever you want to call them. But on the other turn of the coin is. You better have the fingers and wrists and the forearms and definitely the biceps because everything comes into play. So yeah, um, one and and if you need to finish up, go ahead. But if not, um, all right, we know that I, we know this year it's not going to happen. But 
in the last few years, you were there with um, Stevie Shanks, and um, that was in September with the gathering. Let's just say we're going to have another gathering and forget about all the stuff that's just gone on in the last month. If someone came to me or came to you, you know, through Etched or whatever and said, look, I want to go to the gathering, but I really just want to go lift Ard Blair Stones. I have a little experience. I've got weight experience, et cetera, et cetera. And they feel they're ready now. What would you tell them? How long would you say before, how long would you say to get ready before September? Would you give it a full year, two years? What would you say? I, if they feel they're ready, I would just go on their instincts and trust them to just, the thing is, we're not, we're not elitists. Right, stones. right, right. Uh, I mean, we're not, we're not saying, you know, you can't do that or you don't look big enough or anything <laughs> like that. Or, you know, or you, you, you know you're, you're, you know, it, there's none of that at all. There's right. absolutely no elitism. Right. right. You don't have to qualify. I think I would, I would encourage anybody who's interested in having a shot to have a shot. And if, uh, if, if they're, if they're, te- if they're keen on having their technique tweaked or improved or anything like that, I'm always, myself or any of the team, the members on the team, because it's not just me, you know. I mean, there's there's a there's a team that kind of work cover all the angles of the stones, whether it's like reloading stones or doing the timing or the filming. It's uh, it's uh, you know it's it's uh, it's not all about me at all. No, hey, <laughs> but, I but, but but all these people are kind of happy to give advice and suggestions and everything. So I would just say to anybody, if anybody's thinking of lifting them, then you know, by all means, build up certain core strengths of doing what you're doing in the gym, but I would, under no circumstances, discourage them from doing the stones, and I would say that they can always have a go, and they start really light, so really, the first few shouldn't pose a problem to anybody, really, right, right. Of, of average strength, and they can kind of take it from there, so yeah, I, that, that's the, kind of the whole point, is it's all right. accessible to everybody, and you don't have to be um, Jeff Capes or right, whatever. Right, so right, to, right. To, to do well, I just thought of something great. The Art Blair Stone School. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and come in the back of the farm and lift stones, man. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a great thing. And I think kids would really, you know, you see, I, I, they, they just love that type of stuff. I mean, I just see with sandbags how it's a different thing. I mean, when you look at what's going on, especially in this industry or whatever you want to call it, and when you see, you know, all these different bikes and this and that, um, if you watch anything sports-wise up to about a month ago, you know, this thing, you know, $58 a month and you'll be a su- Get out of here, man. I could take a sandbag and make you way better than that. And a sandbag costs maybe doing it the way I do it, eh, 25 bucks. Okay. That thing is devastating, and when you start building, like tomorrow Dennis will be doing a stack of sandbags, okay? He'll probably go anywhere from a 50 to a 125. I've got big duffel bags out there, and I've got to, I'm going to weigh them all again and, and mark them with a permanent marker. Um, that's probably the way he's going to be lifting a lot of stuff, Um as I was telling Charlie, we're going to get him down to a buck eighty. He's a buck ninety-five. He was two ninety-four first week of November of twenty nineteen. So um, I took him not only and gave him a real sound diet, but I put him on strictly on strongman, and we we're doing a lot of um, 
squat pull-ups and long strength good mornings, all body weight stuff, walking with heavy hands. If you listen to the shows with John McCain, um, Leonard Schwartz, heavy hands. I would tell you, go out and buy that book. Get started. Uh, that's all I do for 20 to 30 minutes. I could come in and, and, and rip the bar. I could probably chew it in half when I get back in here. It allows me to go in and start super heavy with the dead stop material because there's no way you can go through the whole repertoire of building up to it. You're never going to move it after the first round. You'll be dead on your feet, literally. It's that demanding. And by the time you're at that third rep, the third single, and you're going to either push it or pull it against a set of rods, depending on how many inches you're going to do it. Um, I believe it was uh, Bill March or it was Dr. Ziegler, I believe they said when you took it and pinned it anywhere from 6 to 10 seconds, I believe it was like doing over 20 reps. Think about what that's doing to you when you're in that position and you're pushing with all your might. Now, we've done everything lately from bungee cords to bands. Very interesting stuff. Real interesting stuff that I don't know who's doing it, but if you've ever heard a jump stretch, um, he's back in business. And you're going to see more and more from uh, Dick. And he's going to be coming on the show, too. We're going to do a big power rack show with the with what John and I are doing right now. So there's an awful lot of material. And when Charlie says, you know, all right, well, trap bar, yep. What are we going to do, some type of curl? Yep. Um, you know, you can't beat barbell curls. I still love them the best. I still do them the way... York Barbell did them, or unless I'm doing it in the power rack with a pole against the rods, you know, your back's against the wall. And I know a lot of people like doing cheat curls, and I'm not adverse to them because if you know how to do a cheat curl good, it does affect your upper back a lot. A lot of the old timers used to do that. Um, but to do this type of lifting, these Atlas stones, granted, like Charlie said, no, no, you know, it's open to everyone, you know, blah, 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 obviously. But the whole thing is, let's be honest, nobody wants to go there and basically get kicked in the balls, man. And that happens, you know, we all know that. But my whole thing is with anything, you know, like when Danny's here, I'm always stressing things with him, you know, I, and I'm always talking to him. Especially when we're training, because I've got a feeling more than ever now that when you're training like that, your senses are peaked. And when you listen to stuff, it's almost like you have a robotic mind. It's like what I'm saying to him, he's absorbing every drop I'm saying to him. Will he remember it an hour from now? I don't know. Will he remember it a year from now? I hope he does. Because what you're getting here is you're getting people that have been doing it for quite a while. You've got, you know, and I'm sure Charlie can attest to Lawrence. Um, they want to learn. And they like this stuff. And when you make it interesting for them and they see what you're doing and they want to emulate what you do, um, you know, you got some future there. Like, you know, like Dr. Wong's show, you know, strongman, you know, strongman future. Where are we? Where are we? Next generation. Where are we? Where's the Dannys? Where's the Lawrences? Where are they? I don't care if there's girls. I, it doesn't matter to me. But where are they, and how do we flush them out at this point and get them so involved, whether they're Skyping with Charlie how to do things or myself or, you know, as I say, you live in New York, Albany, come up. I'll give you a free workout. You'll never leave. 
it's a whole different view of the world when you come to like a Charlie or myself because what I feel more than anything, you know, you go to that farm and you see all that stuff there, it ain't pretty. It's the same way here. It's not pretty. It's not real clean. Okay, but man, oh man, you want to come in and get your knuckles a little scuffed up and maybe a uh, bloody nose or a few teardrops in your eyes? I've had them all. It is the best stuff you could ever do in your life. The best. And when you go to Ard Blair and you get to lift these stones, which could have such a big, you know, you may, you know, when you, that's one thing with the show here. I always do my very best to impress upon you how important this stuff is to, to show the leadership where you're saying, well, if he's talking about this and he's doing it, why not me? You know, this is what it's all about. And this is how you build these champions. I mean, I always say leadership here. You know, you hear what my dad said to me constantly. I am a leader, and I know that. But I want everybody else to be leaders, too. I want everybody that surrounds me to be a leader. Sometimes we can't be, but I want more than less. It's all yours, Charlie. Yeah, um, one of the things that I was just thinking about, obviously you were talking about lifting stones and the yeah. best way to do it. I'd make a big distinction if anybody's out there and they think that lifting a natural stone is going to be the same, because it's not. No. Because with a natural stone... Uh, Generally, there's there's places to grip, you know, with your fingers. There's there's an angle here, or the best way to do it, which might not necessarily be the balance point, but the the place where you can get the best grip on the stone. Yep. And I think the vast majority of strong men would rather um, have extra weight, but more grip. Yeah. You know, grip is such a vital. The, the grip is is really the make or break thing. So if you're really wanting to specifically train to do the Ardless stones, you really need to be on smooth spheres like atlas stones or because it, it is a very specific technique so if you've trained it you can lift really a lot of weight on an actual stone don't think that i mean obviously it'd be great for building up the, the core strength and everything but the, yeah. the, it's not going to the, the technique is going to be different so if anybody seriously wants to train then uh, if they have access to an atlas stone or, or something like that or a very smooth circular stone that that would be yeah. by far the best option get going Yep. I, I'm, you know what else, Charlie, too? I wanted to ask you, and if you don't want to comment, cause I, I don't, I, I don't want to offend anybody. I know the world we live in. But with, you know, you've had an awful lot of people come, you know, to lift the Ard Blair stones. Is there a few things that stick out that you were impressed with with people? Well, one of the things I've really, and it's the same for the whole team. Yeah. Is that you can't make assumptions about how good somebody's going to be from their appearance. Exactly. Uh, exactly. It, it, because we've seen some very strong, able, muscular-looking people really struggling. Yeah, yeah. And we've seen some sort of uh, sort of lithe, wiry, really would give them a second glance. Yeah. Just doing phenomenally well. Yeah. So one of the first, and, and which is always a wonderful thing to see, because you kind of, I don't know, maybe a psychological thing. You kind of expect somebody who's large and broad and muscular and well built to to. to find it fairly easy um but that's not always the case no it, it, right it, it could just literally be down to technique and um uh but yeah i mean stand well obviously stand up performances i mean tom stoltman he, he got he's got the world record right i remember that yep. um he he did all nine in 21.81 seconds wow wow thunder incredible. yeah i um, mean another, another thing is as well it's not just a question of lifting these things up and chucking them onto barrels yeah they've got to they can't be touched by the person behind the barrels they've got oh, to be okay. All right. placed in the recesses so it's not like a 
mindless throw, throw, throw. It's got to be controlled. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. So, so it's under control, and obviously Donna Moore as well. She, yeah. um, well, she did seven in thirty-seven point one four seconds. Wow. And, and and that was both the Lego and Ratchet Highland Games. So yep. I mean, obviously, it's. Uh, I mean, I, as I say, it's, I say it's not elitist because it's open to everybody. But nevertheless, you know, you've got you know you've got a three times world strongest woman there, and yeah. Tom Salt, who's got the current world record for the heaviest Atlas stone ever lifted, I think, at the moment. Uh, which he did the Arnolds, I think, this year. Wow, um, wow. So, I can't remember what it was. It was a 270, something, something phenomenal. I yeah, mean, it was over 500 pounds. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, it was huge. Uh, as I say, world record. So, it's nice having some people, you know, of those sort of caliber, and obviously his brother Luke as well. He's, yeah. He's, uh, Yep. You know, he's up there too. Uh, he's got the second fastest time. He's, he's about three seconds off, or four, four seconds off his brother. Um, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, I just, I just get a buzz from it. I just, oh yeah, it. hell and yeah. I'm saying, I like seeing a smile on a, on a child's face. Sure. Or to, to see somebody, you know, so excited that they've done well or, or broken the previous time. They're kind of skittering along on their knees along the mud, you know. Absolutely. Air, absolutely thrilled or, you know, Having photographing themselves next to the next to the scoreboard, um, it's uh, it's great, you know, and and seeing even the look of relatives and friends, you know, shouting and cheering. There, yeah. um, gets everyone involved. Time. Everyone's in, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, there's there's so many. I mean, uh, there's so many pluses to it. I, I wouldn't really know where to start, Eric. I mean, it's it's hard to really pick out a, a you know a handful of things. The whole things. Yeah, just good. Kind of I mean, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, too, I mean, you, you can't buy that with an exercise bike or, you know, this diet, that diet. I mean, when you're involved in things like that, and we all know you were just saying the buzz, there's a, there's this energy in the air that unless you've been around it, you don't know what it is. And it is contagious. And I I dare anybody to go out and either participate in something of this magnitude or get involved in in some good, good, hard, old-fashioned weightlifting, and then tell me how you feel. I guarantee you, you'll never do any of that other stuff I just mentioned again. Because it sets parameters within you, and I believe that what it does, it opens up all these new channels, these pathways in your brain. And it creates... A, a, a style of thinking that you've never experienced before. And the thing is, this is in all of us, all right? The problem is because of the way a lot of us have grown up and been told, you know, I was listening to some stuff today, how true. Um, you know, you can't do it. Why would you want to do it? It's too dangerous, all that. You know, that basically just takes the oomph right out of you. I mean, think about this. I'll compare it to a lion. A lion out in the wild, what do they do? Well, they, they make baby lions, obviously, and they hunt. Why? That's their instincts. What happens when they capture them? They put them in a cage. All they do is lay around and sleep all day, and they're fat and happy because they're fed. Now, you take that lion out of that cage and put him back out in the wild, he's going to revert right back, okay? It's the same way with human beings. Suddenly you free that up on them, you know. They start seeing that there's things they can do. There's, you know, people might still say things, but they don't listen anymore. They've suddenly found themselves again, and they're letting that beast out of them again. And if you think I'm kidding, I can tell you many people I've seen that, myself included. 
You know, I mean, we always did things as kids. We always played sports and all that. But as I've said multiple times, I first touched that leaky sand barbell, it was like something shorted out in my head. And I am very blessed to be able to still do this after anything that's happened. All right? And I was saying the other day with Carmen Caputo, you know, I always talk about Jimmy. Obviously, both businesses are dedicated to him, and the Hulk is right next to him. And my dad, I was really talking a lot about my dad. And I don't talk a lot, a lot about him. You know, I say some things. And, you know, you know, I look at a lot of things, and we rubbed against each other a lot, man. I mean, he was on my ass all the time. You know, oldest, you know, Jimmy, they had a lot of pressure. I'm not making excuses. But my father was very stern, and I'm glad he was with me. Because now as a grown man, a lot of the things that have transpired in my life might have crushed me if it wasn't for weight training and my father. Now, my mother was great, too. But the old man was stern Italian. He expected stuff from me all the time. You know, I mean, you're going to perform no matter what. And that same attitude is with me now, but and you can magnify that by a billion now. And that's why I was saying to Carmen, my dad knows what I'm up to because I believe my father's spirit is still alive. I can't see him physically, obviously. But here's what I'm saying to everybody is the capability for all of us to be great is right there. But you've got to make the choice. You've got to decide, do I want to stay in the house and watch TV or go and drink every weekend or, you know, just not measure up. But don't care because, you know, I get four weeks off a year. I'm making relatively good money. You know, I I can go in. I'm out by 4 o'clock every day. You know, Friday is dressed down. I hate my boss, but so what? You know, blah, 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 blah. None of that stuff interests me, man. Entrepreneurship, regardless how this all pans out, and it will pan out right, is the best thing I ever did. I, I can't work for, I mean, you know, if I, if I was near Charlie, I'd, I'd love to come over and help him out, because I know there would be a mutual respect. But you're not going to get that with most people. And you're surely not going to get people that, I was reading a big thing today about trust, and lying, and lying is something that I despise. I I do not like liars one bit. If I find out you've been trying to bag me or bullshit me, I, I cut you right out of my life permanently. That's the end. And also, too, you know, you got to look at people with loyalty. I mean, when you're starting to operate at these high-end levels and you're working with different people and you're doing this and that with your businesses – you don't have to have a ton of people with you, all right, and you're probably better off not, but the ones you're with, you damn well better have a mutual loyalty to one another. And I love when people say to me, and I still hear this, is that stuff doesn't exist anymore. I say, well, you're hanging around with the wrong people then because it does exist. And the negativity towards all this stuff is things that you've been taught or heard. Now, I'm not saying we all haven't been hurt. I have. But you know what? What do you do then? You brush yourself off. It's another learning experience. You get a little bit wiser. And the one thing you don't want to do is become bitter towards everybody. Because life is risk. And if you're not risk, if you're risk adverse to everything, 
you're not going to get anywhere. You're surely not going to get to the Ard Blair Stones. Charlie, summarize everything. Uh, give out any info. I'll give mine and hang on, and we'll get ready for another show, brother. Okay, Eric. Well, again, if people would like to contact me, um, obviously I'm on Facebook, Charlie Blair Oliphant. Uh, the Ard Blair Stones are on Facebook. Just uh, Basically, this, the, the easiest thing to do is probably type the Ard Blair Stones right. into Google and right. go to the website, and then that'll channel you off into wherever direction you want to go from there um, and again well thank you thank you Eric for having me as a guest Always. and uh, for giving me the opportunity to yeah obviously the, the events are slightly up in the air at the moment there was supposed to be about 13 days of events but yep. Uh, yep. Um, I, I'm really not sure what's going to happen but for the sort of again the website will, will have the most recent updates and things um, but again Thank you for having me on the show, Eric. It's always a pleasure. Same here. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll look forward to our, to our next chat whenever that happens to be. Yes, sir. Um, this is Motivation Muscle, streaming radio 24-7. Uh, go out to Fiorello Barba at nightcap.rr.com. If there's a particular show you like Charlie and I to do, have at it. We can come up with anything here. Also, too, we're on iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a five-star review. That's what we've got, and we thank everybody for that. Um we're on Spotify, we are on Google Podcasts, and we are on AHA Directory for your car. That's pronounced AHA. Uh-huh. Now, the next few things are real important with what's going on in the world is this. If someone seeks you out in the gym or the concrete jungle, five words can change your life. Go out and just give something back to somebody. Because, you know, people see men and women of strength, and if they're not bashful about everything, they will come up and ask you a question. Um, I think it's very, very important right now to be very decent with people. I think there's just so many lost people out there afraid. Be a leader, not a follower, like my dad says. Lead. Teach leadership. It's so important. My mom, when we were kids, never be afraid to speak to someone or give them a smile for that day once again. Same thing. Like when I spoke with that woman today, 83 years old. I wish everybody had her attitude. You talk about an optimistic person. And as I said in the beginning of the show, I said to Charlie offline, I had a grin from ear to ear. I was like, you want to talk about restoring your feeling about people? Boy, oh boy, I wish I'd meet 10 of her every day. Unbelievable. And that's why she's still here. And God bless her. I'm telling you right now. She said to me when I was walking away, you you stay strong. And I said, you too, and I'll see you again, I hope. Unbelievable. Uh, That made my day like you wouldn't believe. It was just so nice to speak to somebody that had a different opinion. Um, Also, too, if you're going to lift it, bend it, break it, twist it, press it, pull it, squat it. If you're going to lift stones, turn them into dust. And as I was telling people, Paul Thor, who I always say that about, um, he's got to get some work stuff done, but I would think we're going to have him on by April, and he ought to be a real great guest, especially with all the things he does, and I can't wait. Um, the Hoosa Steel Stone, domination in blood red. We dominate the path. We don't follow anybody. Dominate, obliterate, and dent everything in your path. Um, no one will ever clip our big balls, and you better have big balls in this day and age. I mean that. I, I, I could tell you, we talked about in Dr. Wong's show about so much of that. 
Um, there's just so many, per- so much pertinent information about all of it, and nobody's getting slapped in the face. But you know, uh, there was another interesting article about uh, a lot of the young males um, in the 70s and 80s who were on soy. Um, as I've said before, through doctors, this is MDs and Dr. Wong too. Um, their genitalia never uh, developed on a lot of these men. And now they're finding uh, a lot of these uh, kids in that in that era, um, and I don't know if they're still doing it. They probably are because everything you see out there is soy burger, soy this. Um, they're having a lot of, like, outbursts, discipline, uh, uh, acting very um, unorthodox in their behavior. Now, you know, if you pay attention here, a lot of it, my mom being a school nurse, not any longer retired, Ritalin, man. I mean, just dangerous stuff. Um, but they traced a lot of it back to soy intake. So you know what, fellas? If you're eating soy, get the hell off it, man. Go back to being a man. And don't wear your sister's jeans either. You got it? Wear, wear, wear manly shit. You know? Some overalls, whatever. Painter's pants. I don't care, man. Get out there. Get in the weight room. Charlie and I talked about that. Get out there. Trap barn. Squatting. Get some big-ass thighs, man. So when you wear those pants or you cut them into shorts, those suckers are just tear-dropping all over the place. Big hamstrings, okay? None of this pencil-neck bullshit. Who wants it, man? Also, too, Frank Klein. He would never put up with it. Uh, my greatest business college professor, repetition, repetition, repetition. Quitters never win, winners never quit. My dad, be a leader, not a follower, be a leader, not a follower. John Ridge, the ultimate chiropractor, was like a father figure, he always will be. Um, he'd walk every patient in the door and sit, he'd keep smiling, and I wish I remembered the gentleman's name. It was on Etched in Stone the other day, and I should, and I apologize. I believe he and his wife had flowers. It was in a window, and right next to it was Keep Smiling. Doc Ridge would be so proud, man. So I thank you all who were involved in that. You don't know how happy that made me to see Doc Ridge's reminder. So keep smiling. Also, too, be a steward of strength. Um, be a steward of strength for sure. Um, don't stand on the side of the road and watch the world by tell a million of your friends we're coming because we won't kick your door and we'll blow the roof off your house. Don't forget, etched in stone, etched in stone for kids, motivation and muscle, Fiorello Barbell Company, come on in and join everything. We want you. You'll always have a place at our table, believe me, and contribute. That's what you want to do. If there's things you do, put your articles up. Put the pictures up. You can't do enough with this stuff, I'm telling you right now. Les Brown, you all have greatness in you. We take it two steps further. We believe in you. And we got your back, always. And before I sign off with Charlie, you're all winners, you're all champions, and you're all unstoppable. But most of all, you're all geniuses. And I've said this, and I'll say it to the day we are no longer here. If you're not hearing things like that, time to make a change, folks. You need to get some new friends. Um, this show will be up, what's today, Friday. It should be up Monday. I want to, I'm going to get my other solo show up tomorrow afternoon called, um, Relentless Pursuit, which is, um, really high octane, high energy, very masculine, um, like everything here. So Charlie, always an honor. Look forward to our next show. Thank you for being on, sir. And remember me to Lawrence, please. 
Absolutely, Eric. I'll I'll send friendly messages to him. And, uh, yeah, once again, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. Anytime, brother. You're always welcome here. So, for Charlie Blair Oliphant, this is Eric Fiorello. Thanks for listening to everybody. You know what? Go out and make a difference. Get the head out of the sand. Go out and be a leader like my dad says, like we say. You know, John Ridge, keep smiling. Charlie and I hit some big notes tonight with Ard Blair Stones, how to get ready. Things that will change your life forever, but you have to choose. Do you understand? That's the word. It's called choose, choice, whatever you want to do, and then go after it with just an undying persistence, belief, you name it. It's the best stuff you'll ever, ever get into. So, for Charlie Blair Alfont, this is Eric Fiorello. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, and we will talk to you next week, and just keep going. Thanks, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation & Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.